You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome, everybody, to the NFL Show on the Grilling Truth Sports Network. The NFL Show is brought to you by Replenishing Care and Technologies. Make sure you check them out at rcandd.com. I am your co-host for the NFL Show, Mike Goodpaster. I'd like to welcome in my other co-host, Sam Peets. How you doing, Sam? I'm doing great, Mike. How about you? I'm doing just great, too. So yesterday, on Tuesdays, we always have your quarterback power rankings, 1 through 32, So this is Wednesday. That means my power rankings one through 32 and we'll let you pick them apart. I mean, I agree with most of this stuff, but there there are a couple issues I have. Uh, We'll start number one. I mean, obviously Kansas City has to be the top. I think they should be at the top until they lose pretty much because they've shown their championship team just this past year. So I would leave them at number one until they lose. But Buffalo is right there. I still don't know. Buffalo and Green Bay. You really, I would put, I would put Green Bay ahead of Buffalo because of Aaron Rodgers. I really think Green Bay's defense is underrated. I think Aaron Rodgers is more proven to me to come through in the clutch when I need him to than Josh Allen. And you consider Josh Allen's clutch performance against the Miami Dolphins or something like that. That doesn't count for me. That's not a real clutch game. You should win that game. Who's Bo- I will say this: I think Buffalo has the better head coach. I think they got the better defense. Head coaching, I won't disagree on. Defensively, I think I think you're underestimating guys on the defense for Green Bay. I mean, Jair Alexander held uh, what's his name? Calvin Ridley to zero catches the other night when they played. We're comparing the Atlanta Falcons. That's worse than playing the Miami Dolphins. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing we'll talk about later. But I mean, I I think the defense for Green Bay is more talented than the one in Buffalo. I think they have a far better pass rush than the one in Buffalo does. Outside Tre'Davious White. There's really not the player on Buffalo's defense. I think it's much better than some of the players on Green Bay's defense. Well, I think this. I, I think that I, right now, if they played each other, I would favor the Buffalo Bills. No, oh, I'd stick with Aaron Rodgers. I would take the Packers still. Yeah. Well, see, this is the thing. You're not sticking with the Packers because you said you're sticking with Aaron Rodgers. That's true. That's a good point. I, I didn't. I mean, the whole hand thing hinges on Aaron Rodgers to me. If you plug anyone else in there besides maybe Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes, I would probably jump ship and go over to Buffalo. But Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the difference maker in this equation. I just think the Bills are better. I think the Bills are underrated. I think the defense is going to get better as the year goes on. I could see where you would have the Packers at number two and the Bills at three or four or five even. Um, do you have a problem with the Ravens at five or the Seahawks at four? I really don't, honestly, because Russell Wilson, again, he's one of those – big-time movers in this game, who really elevates this team. That defense has been terrible so far in Seattle. With Jamal Adams hurt, I mean, it's worse than it should be. And the Ravens at five, it's not – I'm not really upset about that, honestly. So Lamar Jackson has not played up to what he did last year so far this season. And maybe I think – I'm starting to think I overestimated that defense a little bit. The defense has not been as much of a game-changer as I originally anticipated. They haven't created as many turnovers. They haven't been as much uh, – haven't forced as many sacks. So I'm not really – Shocked Baltimore's played. I'm not really shocked Baltimore's at number five, but I feel like they should be playing better. And when if Baltimore ever does reach that peak, they would be a top three team, I think. But they haven't hit that point yet. 
The thing that really stands out to me when doing this list after number four, there's nothing there that impresses me. And I mean, Seattle is kind of what you said with Green Bay. You start off by saying Aaron Rodgers. You start off with Seattle. You start off saying Russell Wilson. Defense is not that good. But in a playoff situation, Seattle against Green Bay, no matter where they play, who would you take right now? That's actually a really good one. I didn't think about that. But if you put that that way, I would have to lean Green Bay because that's a more complete team. But really, I mean, Russell Wilson at the point, if he keeps going this way, I I wouldn't bet against Russell Wilson in any game if he continues playing this way for another couple of weeks because I've seen Russell Wilson drop off in the past. He's been in the MVP conversation for two of the past three years. And around week 10, somewhere between week 10 and week 12, he always kind of hits a wall and has a couple bad games in a row. If he avoids that this year, I'm not betting against Russell Wilson in any game. Because if he manages to play a full 16-game season at this pace, I would take him even with that defense. But right now, Green Bay has the better team. All right. What do you think about 6 through 10? Pittsburgh, Tennessee at 7, Tampa Bay at 8, Rams at 9, Saints at 10. You know, I appreciate being Pitts- I appreciate you putting Pittsburgh at number six, mostly because that defense, because Ben hasn't been turning the ball over like crazy. But if New Orleans and Tampa Bay, I mean, if they reach their potential, don't you think those teams would be better than Pittsburgh? Yeah, but we can't do a power rankings off the potential of what somebody can do. I mean, right now, Tampa Bay's defense has been terrible. The Saints have been a little shaky. Their defense hasn't been great. So when I look at this, I look at Pittsburgh as the defense that is dominating or can be dominating, was dominating last year. And Big Ben, who's only had one turnover in three or four games. So when I look at them, Pittsburgh against Tennessee, I may favor Tennessee against them. But Pittsburgh, I mean, if you compare them to 7, 8, 9, and 10, their defense is far superior, and you're still rolling with Ben Roethlisberger which that's not as good as rolling with Tom Brady or Drew Brees, but it's not that far below him. It might be better than rolling with Drew Brees at this point. We'll see. We'll find out as the year goes on. We'll see how that arm holds up. I don't think that's ever going to be the case, Sam. No, you don't? No. I don't know. If his arm holds up or not, I mean, what the hell? If you want to do that, who's held up better over the last three years, Drew Brees or Tom or Ben Roethlisberger? That's that's a fair point, Michael. That's a fair point. Ben did miss most last year. Uh, personally, I would probably put Tennessee at number six and Pittsburgh at number seven just because Pittsburgh's secondary really hasn't played that well. It's been mostly defensive front that's been doing things for them defensively. That, that pass defense really has not helped, at least to the degree that was last year. I would probably favor Tennessee just a little bit because of Ryan Daniel. I think he's better than Ben at this point. And Derek Henry, that rushing game, is obviously a huge factor for them. I would give Tennessee a slight edge over Pittsburgh. Well, I think this, when you look at the rest of these teams, teams that I think could be top five teams, I don't think the Steelers will be. I think this is the ceiling for them. I think the Titans, if the defense plays better, Bucks, if the defense plays better, I think the Saints will move up. Those are the three teams that I think right there could be top five teams by the time this is over with. But this is a really top-heavy NFL right now. If the 49ers got healthy, would you ever throw them into that conversation? Because they were top five last year. I would, but there's so many guys hurt right now. I mean, I really, I wouldn't have thrown them into the top five last year. I think I had them number one most of the year. I thought they were by far the most complete team in football. But there's so many injuries here. It's probably going to take at least four or five weeks for them to be totally healthy if they ever are totally healthy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they will be because, again, you lose Nick Bosley for the entirety of the year. I don't think they're ever going to get him back, even if they make a deep playoff run. Yeah, so so I, I think that's why they're dead. Yeah. 
And also, no DeForest Buckner, too. I mean, it's two of the best defensive players in football. You don't have those guys at basically tanks your season. Yeah, when we look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, Brady needs to get all these weapons healthy. The defense needs to step up. When I look at the Rams, like I put on the article, they're not impressive, but they keep getting the job done. And then you got the Saints who are a team that should move up. I think that with the Saints, you're going to get one of two things. I think you're either going to get an implosion or you're going to get an explosion. I think it'll probably be more of the explosion, and they'll still win 11 games before this year's said and done. Yeah, I would almost be tempted to switch those two teams. I know the Rams have one more win than the Saints do at this point. But I would, I would still be tempted to potentially flop those teams just because the Rams have faced a little bit lesser competition to some degree. Their one loss is against the Buffalo Bills, the one really good team they played. I I agree with you. The, the New Orleans Saints have a top-five ceiling, potentially, to get everyone healthy. The Rams, on the other hand, I think the Rams are in the same category as like the Steelers. This might be as high as they go. Yeah, but remember this. The Rams' one loss to Buffalo – was a massive comeback. They lost the game right at the very end, and that's a team that I think you would have in the Bills listed in the top four here either way, correct? Yeah, correct. So when you look at that, I think it's hard to ignore that. That's true. Also, you've brought this up in the past. Coaching sometimes comes in a situation when you give a big lead and you lose it in the fourth quarter. We're talking about that. The Buffalo Bills are a far superior coach team to the Los Angeles Rams at this point. And also, Josh Allen – is playing that's, at a high level. That's Derek why the Bills were able to overcome that at the end. And that's also why I have the Bills much higher than the Rams. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still a little bit nervous with Jared Goff just based on what he did last year. I am too. I think he's a solid quarterback, though. I think that's kind of the ceiling. He's just going to be good. If you put a lot of talent, he may be better. Now, when we go 11 through 15, I know you'll disagree with the Browns at number 12. But what do you think 11 through 15? 11 to Patriots, 12 to Browns, 13 to Colts, 14 Panthers, 15 Niners. The Browns at 12, I mean, it's, I really want to disagree with that one, but it's kind of hard. I mean, they're, they're what, three and one right now. The offense is running great. The issue is that they lost Nick Chubb. It's still a cream pump, but with Nick Chubb out, I can see that run game not performing at the same level because you don't usually have those one-two punch with those running backs. It's much better than just having the one guy alone. So I think the Browns, without him, could fall a couple spots here. Like all, the, all these teams have issues. I mean, all these teams have problems at this point. Cam Newman's not going to be playing potentially next week because of COVID. Stephon Gilmore just got COVID. He might not play next week. And you've got Cleveland, like I said, they have issues defensively. And right now with the injury of Nick Chubb, who knows what will happen. The Colts, Phil Burbs' quarterback, Carolina Panthers, that's really 14 is probably the peak. Maybe they could get to number 11 if they play really well. I don't see them going higher than that. And the 49ers, all the injuries. So to me – Cleveland number 12, that makes sense just because they have the least number of questions actually out of all those teams I just mentioned. Yeah, you know what you get with the Browns. They can run the ball. Yeah. And really, that's, I mean, that's all you can ask for. And the thing is, though, even with just Kareem Hunt, it may turn into where it may be a little bit more play action. If Hunt is successful, maybe life gets easier on Baker Mayfield throwing the ball down the field. And he's definitely got weapons in Jarvis Landry and OBJ down there. I think the Colts are a team that, Quarterback is an issue. I think the defense is still going to end up being an issue because when you look at it, the Jaguars beat that defense, put a fair amount of points on them, and they haven't really shut down or really played well against a good team yet. So I have questions there. The Carolina Panthers, to me, at number 14 are a huge shock. I thought this was a team that would be in the bottom three year-round. Teddy Bridgewater's played really well. And guys like Brian Burns have turned this defense into a young and up-and-coming defense. 
And I think Matt Rule here, you know, a year, they're a year or two away from being a legitimate contender. They really are. I mean, consider they're doing all this without Christian McCaffrey as well. If they had him, maybe you have another win in there. Maybe you're three and one. So this team's been performing really well. And right now, with the current talent on the roster, I would think that like something around number 11 where the Patriots are right now, that might be the limit for the Panthers. But again, like you said, moving forward, if they add more weapons, if they add more on the offensive line, more maybe in the secondary, I could see this team being a top 10 team, maybe potentially as soon as late next season. All right. Then we've got the Niners, who we already talked about, kind of a mess. 16 to Raiders, 17 to Cardinals, 18 to 3 and 1 Bears. 19 to Chargers, 20 to Vikings, Sam. Yeah, you've got you've got the Chargers and the Vikings a little low here. I would put them above the Cardinals and Bears to this point. Because we see oh, how they're wait a second. The Vikings have won one game and they looked atrocious in the three losses. They really did. Wait, and they're one one against the Houston Texans, who have not won a game yet. They didn't play horrible against Tennessee. They lost on a field goal to the Tennessee Titans. They didn't play great. They didn't like great. No, no, they didn't. But there's still a lot, like you said in the article, there's still a lot there in that roster. To me, there's not a lot on Chicago's roster. I know Arizona had a hot start, but there's really not a lot there on Arizona's roster, especially defensively. So to me, these, I know they had the records shade something different entirely, but Chicago at 3 1 is now a playoff team. Arizona could lose the next four of the next five games. Well, I would say this I think it's very possible that the Vikings pass both of those teams. I think the Chargers at 19 are very interesting because if Justin Herbert's the real deal, their season could get much better. Yeah, I wouldn't count them out as dead yet, honestly. I think the Chargers are the one of those two teams that I would rather have around the 16 to 15 range just because of Justin Herbert. It gives you hope. And they have offensive weapons in Keenan Allen. Mike Williams and Austin Eckler have been beat up. They've been hurt. But you also have Henry Henry there. Even defensively, Joe Bosa, Melvin Ingram, uh, Casey Hayward. You've got some pieces there. Even with Derwin James Hurt, that defense still has some good parts. To it. I think that's the team that could really actually go out there and still potentially get to eight wins if Herbert continues playing well. I think they could get to more than eight wins if Herbert continues to play well. Like if they haven't played the Broncos yet, right? They get no, the I don't think so. They haven't played them. I don't think they played the, the Raiders yet either. Yeah, and the Raiders are a team that I think are a year or two away from being a serious contender. The Bears just need a starting quarterback. Now, 21, I got the Eagles, which really, I think talent-wise, this team could be down there with the two New York teams. <laughs> But Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, I think, will find a way to slip into the playoffs over to Dallas Cowboys, who I have at number 22. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think the Eagles, again, if we're looking forward, they'll probably end up doing better. I think they could potentially finish with more wins than Chicago if they pull it together, but I can't say that from the first four games because they played terrible for four or three of them at least. At this point, I think Carson Wentz is not a bad quarterback, even though he struggled very much early in the season. They're going to figure this out. They'll find a way to win games. And I don't care if they get into the playoffs with seven wins. They're going to get there somehow. And it won't be – it will be them, not the Dallas Cowboys, representing the NFC East. Because the Cowboys have their own issues. Their defense is so horrible. And Mike McCarthy's calling – and the way he's calling games right now is not going to end up producing winning football. Versus Doug Peterson, they're going to find a way to win games. And they have a strong defensive front at the very least. All right, next up, we got 23 Cincinnati, 24 Miami, 25 Detroit. I want to tell you the Bengals are a little too high here, but they have the offense moments. If they could just block, if they could just get Joe Mixon going, I feel like that would be enough to unleash more for Joe Burrow. I mean, we saw it against the Jaguars. When Joe Mixon gets going, the entirety of the offense starts turning and starts clicking. But really, I don't know if I trust the Bengals' offense line to do that 
honestly, I think there's more there's more immediate potential in a team like Detroit than Cincinnati because the Bengals have such a bad offensive line. Oh, you're crazy. Come on. Detroit has a horrible uh, – they got a bad offensive line. Matt Stafford's not as good as Joe Burrow. The Bengals are at 23. They're ahead of 10 teams because of Joe Burrow. And I will say this, with Alex Redmond playing guard now, I think the offensive line has gotten better. And don't be surprised if Cincinnati goes to Baltimore and makes it a lot closer game than what people are expecting. Hey, I'm hoping they do. That would be I mean, that'd be something fun to watch for me. And also, it would justify moving Baltimore a little bit further down than this. But well, it'll be fun you until Joe Burrow sweeps the Pittsburgh Steelers twice. All right, like let's not get crazy here, okay? We're trying to stay. <laughs> They're not going to be. He's that good. Joe Mixon's that good. They got the weapons. I think Baltimore has a problem with teams to try to stretch the field on them. And I'm just saying, I, I'm not saying the Bengals will win the game. But I think the Bengals will be in this game the majority of the time because of Joe Burrow. And I think the difference is, outside of the Houston Texans, when you look at this list the rest of the way, Joe Burrow is by far a better quarterback than anybody or any any of these teams have. And I think that they have a lot more weapons than any team below 23 has. Because when I first did this and I put them at 23, I thought it was nuts also. Now, I could see having Miami and Detroit ahead of them maybe which puts them at 25. But after that, you can't convince me that the Bengals couldn't beat anybody 26 through 32, especially since they just handled 26. And at 26, we've got the Jaguars, 27 to Broncos, 28 to Texans. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down with that part. I would just ask, why is Denver at 27? Because I feel like Denver can be put lower on this list, just based on the fact that they're playing with their third-string quarterback. They threw three picks the year in against the Jets. They almost lost to the Jets. Well, let's face it, 27 on down, everybody but Washington has lost every game they've played. So you can put it easy. I mean, I, I think this. I, two New York teams are by far 31 and 32. I think you can argue 26 through 30. And Washington did win a game. And the fact that we're going to talk about this now, Dwayne Haskins gets benched for Kyle Allen. Actually, he's the third-string quarterback now behind Alex Smith also. Do you think that that gives Washington maybe a little bit more ceiling to get things going here? Yeah, it gives them a better ceiling because Haskins, I mean, Haskins didn't turn the ball over as much this year as he had in the past. He's been much better at ball security. And when did the Giants switch Daniel Jones out? Because I think Dwayne Haskins has looked better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has certainly turned the ball over a lot more, and that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, we talked about this with Baker Mayfield the other day. The thing you want most from your quarterback is to not make those mistakes, not make those game-killing mistakes. Haskins hasn't necessarily done that this year. The issue is that, I mean, he, he hasn't been able to score. They haven't been able to move the football. And really, they have a defense capable of slowing our teams down. They just need to score points. I think Kyle Allen and certainly Alex Smith give you a much better chance of actually going out there and winning you the football game than someone like Dwayne Haskins, who you're just hoping doesn't make the bad decision. All right, the Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans. These are two teams that have some talent. But when do – I mean, O'Brien, O'Brien's already been fired. Dan Quinn's got to be close behind. With the extra playoff spot, are the Houston Texans dead, or is there a chance something could be done here? No, no, they're dead. I mean, I, like, Deshaun Watson's a very good quarterback. To me, he's still a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. He could be top seven, top five if he gets to the full potential, maybe he has weapons around it. But you traded away by far the best player on the team, arguably, DeAndre Hopkins. And I think there's he's nothing on this offense. He's already there, though. I mean, I think he's already there in the top ten, maybe even Wait, top five. That. I think he's already proven it. Uh, they've got a mess. When you look at the Texans' schedule, though, 
you know, the issue is this. Their next game, they host the Jaguars. Winnable game. At Titans. It might be winnable if the Titans have to forfeit. Uh, they've got to play Green Bay. They play Jacksonville again. So maybe you could get two out of four there. But then they go to Cleveland. Then they host the Patriots. So Romeo Cornell saying they have a chance. I don't think they have a chance, especially since Romeo Cornell's the head coach. I don't know that there's a – I mean, actually, I think Romeo Cornell is not as good a head football coach as Bill O'Brien. He's flown down in Kansas City, right? Yeah, he's probably a better GM now. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't take much. You would have, just have to not trade DeAndre Hopkins away to be a better GM than Bill O'Brien. And really, that was the move I think that broke the camel's back here, is that you can't get rid of someone like DeAndre Hopkins and expect your offense to be the same. They try to get Brandon Cooks and plug him in and think he would be the same kind of player, make the same kind of impact. And of course, he doesn't. So to me, they're just there's nothing here. It's Deshaun Watson, a bunch of pieces. Maybe he'll throw for 300 yards a game. But at the same point, you're going to need to score 37 points to keep up with the teams that are destroying your defense. To me, there's just not enough here to actually say the Texans have a shot at winning five to even eight games. And then, of course, you've got the rear taken up by the two New York teams. Yeah, they got to hate that at CBS Sports and all the places that have network deals here. Too bad they don't play <laughs> each other this year huh? on a Thursday night. That'd be ratings getter. <laughs> Hey, you, you know, that's the kind of game we would find on Thursday Night Football the way it's going right now. But really, I mean, these teams are both terrible. I know Joe Judge is going to be safe because he's a first-year head coach and he's still trying to work. You know, really culture change there. They have a few young pieces. I don't know. I know Bill O'Brien deserved to be fired. I'm not saying he didn't. I don't know how he was the first one to go and Adam Gase or Dan Quinn wasn't. Yeah, maybe Houston just got tired of him. Because, I mean, remember, he's ruining it from the top down because he's a GM also. A little bit of NFL news. Cam Newton may play week five, but the Patriots play Sony Michelle on the IR. Stephon Gilmore tested positive for COVID-19. So there's a little bit of a mess here in New England right now. Yeah, that's really hard for them. He's their best running back. Now, New England's always had a stable of running backs. They can go at any time. They can get production basically from any running back they have on their roster. So I'm not really worried about Sony Michelle, although he was looking like he was going to have a potentially career year. The bigger loss is Stephon Gilmore. She lose basically a shutdown corner, the reigning defensive player of the year. He's arguably the best player on your entire team at this point. Not having him really, I mean, it really screws that secondary. You're going to have a defense that's going to be basically tooth, toothless now. And if Cam Newton doesn't play, again, you're kind of dead in the water. All right. The Miami Dolphins will once again have a limited number of fans at their next home game, but the Florida government is planning to allow the team to fill the stands in the coming weeks if they choose to. And as spokesman for Governor Ron DeSantis said, the Dolphins have been given clearance to host a full capacity crowd, which would be 65,000 people. Sam, good idea or a bad idea? I mean, look, if they if they medically cleared it, if they're saying they've medically determined it's okay to host a full crowd, then but I don't think there's anything stopping the Dolphins from doing so. If they said it's safe, fine, go for it. But I don't know if they, they will because the NFL, the NFL has their hand on this. You know what the NFL is probably going to say, no. But who knows? Yeah. Maurice Hurst also tested positive for coronavirus. Um, the Chargers Saints game could be played in Indianapolis due to a hurricane, Sam. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that. That was no, a new one. News to me. Popped up. I mean, what the hell? Might as well. Played all the NBA games in Disney World. Yeah, might as well move things around a little bit. Happens. Yeah, but since there's a hurricane coming, Chargers Saints could be moved to Indianapolis. So. 
I mean, the NFL already has his hands full with the Tennessee Titans because now they're talking about the Titans may have to forfeit their next game. And the Hurricane Delta was upgraded to a major hurricane on Tuesday. Slammed in Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula is now headed towards the U.S. Gulf Coast. Delta is expected to be a Category 3 storm when it reaches Louisiana on Friday. And now Monday's Saints-Chargers game may have to be moved to another venue. They are talking about moving this to Indianapolis. I mean, it makes sense. You want to make sure it's safe. You want to make sure you can get all the money you can get out of these games. Make sure that it will be broadcast with no technical difficulties. So I understand the move for that. Let me ask you this. You, you mentioned the idea of Tennessee might have to forfeit games because of the COVID-19 situation. Would you rather do that or would you rather the NFL built in like an extra bye week to try to see if this blows over? Well, I think this. I think that this is not going to blow over. People are going to continue to get it. And I think the big problem here is the fact that probably none of these seasons should have taken place unless they were just going to play them like a normal season. I mean, what are we going to do if somebody gets the flu? You know what I mean? Right. I, I mean, yeah, it just there's no legitimate championships being won right now. The NBA Finals might be the two best teams. They may have been the teams that have been there. And I know that Stephen A. Smith will tell you that it was the two best teams, so it's legitimate. But it's not legitimate. Marcus, how you doing? He loves us all, Sam. <laughs> but but thanks for listening, Marcus. So when I look at this Major League Baseball, it's not a legit World Series champion. It's just not. College football. What are they going to do in college football? Are we going to all of a sudden start throwing in the Big Ten teams in the rankings at the end of October? And start throwing back 12 yeah. teams in the rankings in the middle of November? Yeah, I, I said that before, too. That's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, they, we're a month and a half into the season by the time the Big Ten is going to jump in, and they're just going to act like they belong in the rankings now? Like, come on. Yeah, this is an absolute joke, the way this whole thing is playing out. And we knew it would be. It was about the money. Um, I think they should be playing anyways. I think there should be a crowd there. You know, if you don't want to go and you don't want to risk it, don't go. But once again, over the last week or two, the players that have been tested positive, has anybody even been hospitalized? I don't think I don't think so. I haven't seen any reports. Of course, this is supposed to be private medical data, so they're not going to share it anyways, but I haven't seen any reports. Yeah, but I, it doesn't matter if it's private medical data or not. If somebody goes to the hospital, we're all going to know right away. Yeah, you, know, you get yeah, probably someone, someone, will, someone will leak it. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Ray Rice got caught beating up his wife in an elevator. Who would have ever thought they had done on video? So the thing is, you can't tell me they don't know this. And after a while, don't we just have to live our lives? I mean, are we going to start doing this for the flu? Or are we all just going to wear masks for the rest of our lives? Does anybody want to do that for the rest of their lives because they might get sick and have a what? 0.003% chance of dying. I mean, play the games. I don't want to watch the NBA finals unless the games are played in Miami and LA with a big ass crowd going nuts. I don't care about this other stuff. And the problem you have in the NFL right now is if all of a sudden you make the Titans forfeit a game to the bills, well, that hurts every team in the Titan. It hurts every team in the bills division. It helps every team in the Titans division and maybe in the end, that forfeited game means Indianapolis goes to the playoffs as a division champion. I mean, they're changing everything with this. And I can tell you this. I coach high school football. We've had two teams that have basically had to forfeit in the last couple of weeks. 
we haven't played a game. It'll be a month when we step on the field, I think, on Saturday. And we're playing one of the teams where we had to reschedule the game because of the COVID. The other game can't be rescheduled, all right, because we're to the last couple weeks of our season, and we're going to get a league win over them. We're going to beat this Columbus team. We'll beat Noblesville. But there's one team that we didn't play, but we got a gift win over. I mean, it it really takes away the legitimacy of every sport. You know, you take away the road travel. I mean, if you're now, I mean, let's look at it. Baseball, they're in Dodger Stadium playing playoff baseball, and it's the A's. And the Dodgers are playing in Texas. I mean, how stupid is this? You just played a 60-game season where teams got to play on their home field. You delegitimize it because this is the thing. If you're, say, the Cincinnati Reds and you're in the playoffs, and if they would have been the one seed and they'd have played the Braves, you know, the Braves had to come and play all the games in Cincinnati, right? So the Reds are a team that's built to hit home runs because they're in a stadium where that is what you do. You know, it's kind of like Bush Stadium back in the, what, the 80s and the 90s where the St. Louis Cardinals would get to Vince Coleman's, the Willie McGee's. They, they would have George Hendrick as their main home run hitter, and he hit 20 in a season because they're playing small ball because of how big the field is and how hard it is to hit home runs. So even without a crowd, if you're playing at home, you have an advantage. Number one, you didn't have to travel there. Now, Major League Baseball, all of a sudden, after they get past the wild card round, has decided, well, we got to play all the games in a bubble. In what world does that make sense? And I know they're just trying to keep it from happening. I mean, the St. Louis Cardinals made the playoffs, and they didn't play two of their games. And I think they won the last playoff spot by a game. I mean, if they have to play the same amount of games as the Giants, maybe they don't even make the playoffs. So they're bastardizing all of this. And they're doing it because they want to, they want to scrub out every little last cent that they can from the general public and the TV executives. But I can tell you this, NBA-wise, I don't think I've watched one game. I've watched a couple minutes of it. And it's not because Black Lives Matter is on the back of jerseys. I don't care what's on the back of their jerseys. I just want to watch the game. But I don't want to watch a game with all these TV screens around the thing with people virtually watching the game. I mean, number one, how big a moron do you have to be to sit on your computer and cheer like you're in a real game? You're a freaking idiot. And if you are an NBA team, I mean, I, I just don't get this. This is all stupid. You know, we've got cardboard cutouts in the stands. Yeah, that's great that people paid $75 for the year and it all goes to charity. But what the hell's the point? It's a cardboard cutout. There's people with cardboard cutouts of their dogs in the stands. Now, we all know a dog's not going to be allowed to go to the game anyways unless it's puppy paw day or something where they let the dogs come in and poop all over the field like Shotzi did at Riverfront Stadium when Marge shot under. I mean, that's the only time I've seen a dog in the game. I mean, come on. You got three dogs lined up in the back. I mean, I saw one of the games where they had like a, what is it, a vendor or a, what do you call the people to help you sh- help show you to your seats? The oh, attendant. Like an usher or something like that? Yeah, they had a big cardboard cutout of the usher standing behind home. That is freaking stupid. You know, if you're going to play the game, play the game. I don't need piped-in crowd noise. Just play the game. If I'm a player that is played at a high level, you know, 
I don't even hear the crowd anyways. You know, they may give you a boost when you come out. You may hear them every once in a while. But overall, we're just playing the game. And what they've done here is they've destroyed this. What are they going to do with college basketball? Is college basketball even going to play? If they do, do they start in January and only have a conference-only schedule? And I guarantee you this, if they have only a conference-only schedule, what the ACC wanted to do where they let everybody in is all because it gives you a couple more weeks of TV revenue. Because let's face it, if you don't realize that everybody is playing in a conference tournament isn't already in the NCAA tournament, you're a moron. Because if you win your conference tournament, you're automatically in the NCAA tournament. So everybody's playing for it. Even if you're Chicago State and you're 2-29, and you have a chance to make a run and go win an NCAA championship. But now they're going to tell you they're doing this all this special thing. It's like the Indiana High School basketball tournament used to be, and we're letting everybody in and everybody has a chance. I hate to tell you this, everybody already did have a chance. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole process, with, especially when we go back and bring back the NFL, really, you have to do whatever you can, I would think, to avoid making some team forfeits. You're right. This is a professional sports league. Forfeiting in the NFL level just, to me, is not acceptable. I understand if you're a player, you don't want to play against someone who's sick because you have to protect your own personal health. I totally get that if you feel that way. But, I don't. It's your, you know what? I'm not a rich man, Sam. And if you want to pay me $50,000 to play in a football game on Sunday and you tell me I got a 50-50 shot of getting COVID, sign me up. <laughs> you know, I, I probably would take that as well, Mike. I probably would. Don't I'd tell me you that. probably would. You're a college student. You would take it to Yeah, I definitely would. I need the, mo- I need the money. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I can see, though, if you're if you got a large contract and you don't have to play the game, especially when you're there's concern about potentially getting sick, I can understand why you wouldn't. Because you're protecting, you won't protect yourself, your family, and your health at whatever cost. That's I the most know. Important but there's like a 99.7% chance you'll live if you get it. So you got to protect yourself. Now, if the NBA players were 75 years old and had diabetes, I could see it. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I understand. I truly do. I really don't understand. Like, I'm not trying. I'm just playing. Hey, we've seen hundreds problem. and hundreds of professional athletes test positive. Name me all of them that died. I bet you could name them on no fingers. I've never heard a report of a professional athlete that. I've heard ones that have had complications that made them miss seasons or miss games, but I've never heard anyone who has passed away. Yeah. So just buck up and go out and play. What the hell? Hey, yeah, you know I put, my foot where I put my mouth where you know my money's at because I have still not worn one face mask at any point. And it's not because I don't want to risk other people's health. Just because I don't want to wear a face mask. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, look at as pretty as I am. Why do I want to cover that up, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have no idea where to go from that one, Mike. I noticed you didn't disagree, though. I didn't say no. I didn't say you were wrong. Okay. Anything else we want to discuss? No, I think, I think we've covered everything we can get here today. All right. This went 15 minutes longer than I thought, but it seemed like more people were listening to more nonsense I said. So I just went with it. All right. We will be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock to preview the Thursday night football game. You can check out me, Ty Robbins, and former Cincinnati Bengal linebacker Joe Kelly tonight at 9 o'clock live on the Cincinnati Bengals weekly show. What's the Sam and Sam show coming back, Sam? It's on Friday. We're going to do it in the afternoon. We're looking at about 7.30. All right, and Steve Rizzer, who is a listener, I think he's got his own podcast, is going to come on and pick the games with us this Friday 
And then we got a special treat the next Friday. We're going to add in two. We're going to add Sam McGinnis and another Sam to the show to pick the game. So it'll be three Sams and me. Really? Hey, we could call it three Sams and I. It would sound like a movie from the 60s. <laughs> That'll be fun. All right. I'm sure it won't. So we will be back <laughs> tomorrow for you. at one o'clock. Yeah, I just got to call everybody by their last name or I just call everybody Sam, but then it'll be even more confusing. We'll call it the Sam I Am Show. How about that? Hey, that works. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. I want to remind everybody, check out Replenishing Care and Technologies at rcandt.com. And you can hear all of our shows about an hour after this broadcast. You can find them on Podcast Forum, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find sports podcasts, you'll find The Grilling Truth. And you can hear us live every day at 1 o'clock Eastern on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch, Periscope, and a couple more other places. But for now, for Sam Teets, I'm Mike Goodpastor. You've been watching and listening to The Grueling Truth, where the legends speak. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% .9 of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department.